I feel really grateful for having that experience. Mm. I, I really encourage sort of everybody to go on a road trip, um, whether or not alone or with a friend. I think, I think um, there's something magical to, to do that and not even as a tourist. So, you know, we were there sort of with a purpose, but, um, but I feel like with the goal of like, being open to experiences and meeting people. First Person is a podcast about life-changing travel experiences, where Ray and I conduct interviews about trips that change people's lives. I'm Maula. We started this podcast because we've personally had trips that changed our lives and want to share these stories with you. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of First Person. Today we have Melissa, and she's going to be telling us about her experience traveling the United States on tour. So without further ado, Melissa, Hi. tell us your story. Yeah, my name is Melissa Lee. Hi, Melissa. Hi. Um, I'm from Boston, and I currently live in New York. And I one of the most life-changing experiences, I want to say, in my whole life is um, the experience I had going on tour um, with a transgender slam poet, Kit Yan, who I'm actually still collaborating with to this day. But, oh, nice. Yeah, we were in a band called Good Asian Drivers. There's so much there. There's so, there's so much, much there. There's so much there. So many jokes. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so we traveled in 2008, and the way that it sort of came about was that we were both individual performers. So I'm a queer singer-songwriter from from Boston, and he was in Boston for school and then work, but he uh, is a spoken word artist, slam poet, like won a bunch of slams. Mm-hmm. And because we were both queer and Asian, we like, it's a very small circle in Boston, <laughs> very, very small. And we just like met each other and we're both Gemini's and like, so, you know, we would do the show and at the end of the show, he was, he, he was like, Hey, have you ever thought of like quitting your job and just going on tour? And I was like, yes, that sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. So that was exactly what we did. We both quit our jobs and went on tour. And at first it was supposed to be like a double bill. Like we both were supposed to play our own thing, but then. Wait, so I'm, I'm going to stop right there. Like, yeah. how did it feel to quit your job and. Just, just go. Just go, yeah. It felt amazing. I think like there's only certain times in your life where you, you can sort of do that. And at that time, you know, I'd just gotten out of like a relationship and I was like single and heartbroken and and he was just like tired of his job and he wanted to really focus on his his work as an artist and he went to business school so he sort of like wanted to like employ his like business acumen and apply it to like making money while being an artist so Mm -hmm. it was sort of like a challenge for him and for me I was just sort of like yeah whatever you know I'm like (laughs) I'm like 22 23 like sure so um so we did that and and it felt fantastic really really liberating so um we planned a 40 show tour across 30 states in 12 weeks um and leading up to it you know we had we'd taken a lot of video like social media was a huge part of it um actually twitter just started i think that year so we were like on that we were on facebook um and our goal setting out was like first of all neither of us had really seen the country mm-hmm. like i i actually it's funny that i'm on this travel this travel podcast with you guys because i don't really like foreign travel i don't like to fly like i don't 
um, necessarily am like super fascinated with like other cultures, mm -hmm. but I really am fascinated with like America and I felt like I haven't seen all of it. So for my goal was like as an Asian American that always felt like, like maybe I didn't belong. There, there was weirdness where like, I felt like I didn't really belong. Cause you know, there would be people just throughout my life that'd be like, Oh, go back to China. Oh, or mm. you're like, you speak English so well, you know, like, you know, stuff like that, where it made me feel like I wasn't a hundred percent American in a way. But then when I'm traveling to like China, I would be like, Oh, I'm definitely not like, <laughs> yeah. So, so, so for me, it was about reclaiming America. Yeah. And I think for him too, as well, just sort of like, Hey, like we're queer, we're Asian American. This is our space. And we yeah. want to find and connect with all these other people. Yeah. And on this podcast, when we talk about traveling, that could be to the next state, the next city. It's about more like getting out of your comfort zone mm -hmm. and seeing new things. And whenever you are not in a area that you're, um, you're used to, um, it, changes the way you're thinking it changes how you perceive things you're more in the moment you know so like yeah. that could happen you know next day or whatever so that's totally cool yeah. that it's us <laughs> absolutely yeah because yeah. like for for me what was amazing was just meeting people um around the country and and just knowing that there are people out there i think you can become really insular when you're just in the east coast you're like oh like we're in a city we're on a coast right we we're like the only people that exist like everything <laughs> else in the middle is like we don't know but yeah i met a lot of fascinating people along the way so yeah um our route was this was our route we left from boston and then we went like to philly like new york we like cut sort of through um like ohio and into into uh, chicago that way and then we went across so we went to like you know uh Minnesota, Wisconsin. Uh, we went to North Dakota. We cut through Montana. We went all the way to Seattle. Then we went to Canada for a little bit because we were invited to play a show in Vancouver. Oh, nice. Um, so we went, cut, cut into Canada. Then we came back down and we went all the way down the coast, um, uh, Washington, Oregon, California. And then we cut to through Arizona to Texas. And then we cut through all the southern states um, New Orleans and then to Savannah. We took a two week vacation. Oh, actually, it was like actually just four days. I think, I don't think it was two weeks. It felt like two, four weeks, two weeks. But it was four days. And then we had a vacation in Savannah. And then we just came back up the coast. We did shows in like Maryland and like North Carolina, South Carolina. So like a big circle big around circle. the United States. Yeah. Nice. So we, we didn't see That's a whole awesome. lot of what's like dead in the center of the US. Um, <laughs> We did end up doing that the year later, but um, the next year that we did it. But um, but yeah, so that was sort of like our first tour. Um, and how long, I forget if you said this already, but how long was the entire tour from start to end? 12 weeks. So it was three-month tour. Yeah. We wow. were living um, out of, we never actually slept in the car, but everything was in the car. The car was like a main character sort yeah. of in this in this road trip uh -huh. um but we stayed, what kind of car was it if it, you don't mind <laughs> it was a toyota corolla it was Ooh, a very wow. packed small car. <laughs> yes i mean the good thing is that he's a spoken word artist so he doesn't we he doesn't have any instruments you know i had a guitar and we you know we had some equipment but mostly it was like merchandise and it was clothes and mm -hmm. it was like our rice cooker and like rum <laughs> <laughs> just in case um yeah so so that was our tour and we stayed in some hotels um 
not fancy like motels and some and a lot of what was amazing about this experience was like people welcoming us into their homes so the way that i'd planned the tour was that i'd like reached out to folks and um and said hey like we want to play in your your you know your lgbt center we'll play in your living room we'll play in whatever like queer gathering we've done like really huge shows at colleges for mm-hmm. like a lot of people and we've done prides but we'll also just you know we'll play for no money in wherever like in your cafe in your local yeah. cafe so and and there was those people who invited us who was so excited to see oh my god like queer asians from like the east coast they like we not met any right there are certain places <laughs> where they've like literally we don't know anybody mm-hmm. um that's like that um that could be really uh vulnerable right like to go out and ask people to like hey we're doing this do you need this or, hey, we're doing this. Can you help us do this too? Yes. Yes, a little bit. Yeah. I, I think um, I think what was great about it was that you, well, for us, we felt like it wasn't like super vulnerable. Maybe oh, we were okay. just young. Maybe yeah. we were kind of young and <laughs> stupid. Like, okay. I think I think for us, we were like, a lot of people were like, oh my God, we're so worried for you. Like, what uh, if you're in the South and what if you get killed? Uh, and it's like, and for us, we're like, well, we're like reaching out to like LGBT centers. Like, we're not like, we're not just like showing up and being like, give us a place to live. Usually, okay. So there was some planning involved. Uh-huh. And, you know, sort of like the people who brought us, we'd be like, hey, do you or do you know somebody who would be willing to house us? Right. And um, and most of the time, yes. You know, um, so there was already um, some sense of community and it was like reaching out to your cousins as yes. opposed to like reaching out to strangers. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. Absolutely. That's sort of how it felt like. Okay. Definitely. Um but yeah, so to be, I guess I have like some specifics. So, mm-hmm. so like in DC, we were, um, we had some people who we played at this place called Smile S M Y A L, which is like a queer youth uh, space. And then I think somebody there knew somebody who was like a volunteer, and they just like housed us in their home. Mm-hmm. And then in Wisconsin, there was a really fantastic camp- cafe called Harmony Cafe, mm-hmm. which was like an like community oriented, like arts, music, like totally LGBT friendly center. And the founder of that cafe like brought us into his home and like had us stay there and like fed nice. us and housed us. And that was that was really, really wonderful. And a lot of times like people didn't have like even real spaces for us. It would be like some like guest house that they had like under construction they'd be like sorry like here's some blankets like you sleep here we're like sure that's fine uh-huh. so yeah so i think it, it was it was really magical in that way where people were just really really warm that actually reminds me when i was in billings montana mm-hmm. so montana <laughs> there's like not a lot of people i think in montana in montana in general but billings is sort of this like small city and they had one gay bar and it was like really like divey um i think it's called the loft and we were there and um and that was what i meant when i said like they've literally never met like a queer asian before mm-hmm. or, or like you know there were like barely any asians there at all and then they were just so excited to see us they had so many questions they're like oh you know sort of like what is it like like living in the <laughs> east coast or like are there more of you <laughs> like you know <laughs> And um, yeah, and I think, and so that was really great. And then one of the, uh, I think just like frequent like bar goers like had, a, had a house that like she shared with like her ex 
partner or something. Uh-huh. <laughs> so we like stayed there and they were really hospitable. There was one moment I think where we didn't have a place to stay ahead of time and we were in Texas and we were trying to get to I think we were trying to get to Houston, but we had left late for some reason. And so we were we kind of got a little bit lost too and we were getting really close to the border. So we were driving kind of in the dark. At one point there was a dirt road where there were no lights but mm. it was still a road and our gps was like take this road so we're like okay we're gonna we're gonna our gps's name was emily and we we're like okay emily we'll just like follow you wherever you go and the road was a dirt road and it felt like a video game because these like rabbits would jump out in front of the car like That's all it. over yes and, no. the, and we were like slow but like our lights were on and these rabbits would just jump out and at one point, we I, we totally nicked like a couple of them. Like we couldn't, we couldn't. It was really sad, but we were like, oh my god, like we're that like hitting rabbits too. left and right. Yeah, they were like all over. So um, we ended up in Pecos. I think that's how you pronounce it. P E C O S. Pecos, Texas, in a motel, and um, and that was where we spent the night. And we just kept going the next day to Houston. Wow. <laughs> yeah, and I think for me too, it was a little bit life changing about seeing. The country was, in addition to like meeting all these people, um, was also like just seeing the shifting landscape. Mm-hmm. I think like seeing, like being in the East Coast and seeing that landscape of what we're used to, and then, you know, cutting through Montana, which I maintain is like the most beautiful state I've ever seen. Like in all all the states that I've seen in the country so far, it's like gorgeous. These beautiful mountains and you're like driving along the mountains and around mm. it and you can see you know they're like snow capped even in the summer you see like some of the snow at the top of some of the mountains yeah and that's beautiful and then like go- going through like california and arizona and seeing like the plateaus like that's really gorgeous as well and um we saw redwoods and it really made you appreciate sort of nature and like how how small we are and yeah you know, beautiful the country is are you, are you regularly into nature or th- did this change your perspective on it mm, no <laughs> <laughs> no i'm definitely like a city person but it was really nice to look at from inside the car let's be totally honest here it was nice to be like in the car and be like oh look at all these beautiful things outside and drive past yeah it. like i don't want to hike it but like it's beautiful let's take some pictures okay <laughs> yeah um yeah the food was great too i have you guys ever heard of pasty Pasty. Yes, no, it's P A S T Y, and we it was it's I think it's pretty known in like Wisconsin, and it's sort of like a hot pocket, but like stuffed with like potatoes and meat. Um, and I guess it's like really big in Wisconsin. We we just like drove past it, and we we kept calling it pasty. And yeah, the guy corrected us. <laughs> he was like, "It's not pasty," and, and so we had like pasties in Wisconsin. We had like cheese curds you know <laughs> we just had all sorts of food all across the country we yeah. had we had crocodile in new orleans mm. um sorry to alligator i think not not crocodile but gator like deep fried gator yeah and like crawfish etouffee what does it taste like it's like a little bit chewy actually it's like it's tough i i wouldn't say it's like my favorite meat uh-huh. but it was it was fun In those sessions, when you were actually in the car, what did you guys talk about? Oh, we did a lot of sing-alongs. Yeah. We we had, like, um, a lot of, like, 
early like playlists so we were singing like taylor swift at the top of our lungs because this is like just when taylor swift was coming out mm. um and so we'd sing a lot of that and then like sarah Bareilles, like we yeah we just sang a lot um we also had a lot of talks about sort of our careers and like our dreams and like what we wanted to do we definitely got really close and i'd say like i i would say the other sort of life-changing thing about it is sort of my relationship with kit sort of grew out of that and we became like really best friends we weren't really that close before we left we mm. were just sort of two colleagues right but then you know we we just became kind of the center of each other's lives for three months because we were together so often yeah um and then it sort of led into like you know sort of drama later i mean actually i could talk about this but it's sort of a separate story but then we ended up going on tour again the year after and we like brought in a drummer um so it was like a third person and then that like messed with the dynamics a little bit then there was kind of like a love triangle going on and what? then like the band broke Ooh. up and like, <laughs> we didn't talk to each other for two years and then now we're like friends again now we're writing a musical about the whole thing wow <laughs> so, oh so that's so, what your musical that's is about. what a musical is about is about my travels with kit wow so yeah so, that's so can you give us a little insight into that that love triangle? Not to say that's the only thing I heard, but sure. just <laughs> <laughs> of course. Um, so yeah, so we were we were like fairly codependent, like after the first trip. But then we were like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna be we want to be more famous, right? We want to like reach even more people. Mm-hmm. Um, and also because I think the first tour sort of gave us fuel, like the positive feedback from people who said like, this means a lot to me, like your art means a lot to me. Mm-hmm. Like that fuel uh, fueled us to be like, hey, we need to kind of do it for us, but also for them. I think there was sort of that uh, responsibility a little bit on us. And so we're like, let's make it bigger. Let's do an album, which I actually brought today for you, Ray, in oh. case you wanted to, I don't know, reference it or put some in or whatever. But I, I will. Yes. Thank you. So Thank we, you. Thank yeah. you for this. So I made, so we made an album and we hired a drummer and uh, like, I fell in love with the drummer and we were together, but I was worried about like what Kit would think. So, you know, cause we had been so close and I, I think part of it was like, when we were being, when we were traveling the first time around, we would like mock everything. We would like make fun of everybody and like, and nobody was good enough for us, you know? So I think like part of me was like worried that like he would sort of judge her or judge the fact that I was like in a relationship again. And so we like did the so worst thing possible. The, the drum, you were in a relationship with the drummer that you brought on. Yes, like I like like I like we just fell in love with each other when mm. we were recording. Mm-hmm. So, um, and and I and we did the worst thing that I think like you know when we were like twenty three, twenty four. So I, basically, we just pretend we just like lied to him and we like didn't tell him. Oh, <laughs> or we like tried oh. not to tell him. And we tried to like keep it under wraps, but that <laughs> didn't happen. Um, and then he was basically like, got really mad when he found out and he was just like, you're going to ruin the band if you date her. And, you know, and I, I was like, I would never, never let, you know, her come between us and the band. So dramatic. (laughs) It's real. This is real life right now. How did he find out? I, I think like he just noticed that there was like, just like tension like I think he just noticed after the time he's like what's going on between you two you know like you guys are like texting a lot and then I think he also felt a little bit left out because she was supposed to be like our third band member like we invited her to be our third band member 
She's white, by the way, and she's in Good Asian Drivers. <laughs> <laughs> but we were just like, whatever, nobody will care because we're still the main, the main people. But um, so she, so we, yeah. So he just found out, and then we had this like heart to heart where I was like, I won't let this come between us, and um, and I made all these promises that eventually, you know, I didn't keep because mm. it, it it did. I think. I think three-person dynamic is really hard, especially when when there are so many feelings involved. So yeah. um, at one point, at the in between the two tours, this is something I don't know why I left out, but he told me that he was in love with me, like in between the two tours. So that's wow. the love triangle. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like he told me that he was in love with me after the first tour and like whether or not I've ever felt anything. I said no, because that was true. And so we never talked about it again. And that was like going into me and this other woman like having the relationship with her sort of had that undertone to that where i knew like you know he might have been jealous yeah yeah and he was also jealous he told me that he was jealous also because like she like he wanted to know her too like as a bandmate and as a friend but because i was dating her it felt like he didn't really get to know her or be close to her Mm -hmm. because all she wanted to do was be with me so so that was what was happening going into the second tour. And the second tour was about the same. We did about like 30, 40 shows across 30 states in 12 weeks. Yeah. And it was a much worse tour because we had less money because we had an extra person. Um, there was all this interpersonal drama off stage. Yeah. But we still had to like put on a show on stage. And I think it was just too much for us. Like having interpersonal drama while being faced with the responsibility of like audience and your community like looking up to you and wanting you to succeed so bad i think all of that pressure just sort of made us implode in a way and so when we got back from the tour we didn't play together anymore wow yeah that's an epic story yeah we actually didn't talk to each other for two years so yeah i want to see this musical and I have so many questions around sleeping arrangements with all three of you guys and in terms of creativity and writing with all this going on, I'm wondering how this has affected your art. Oh, yeah. Um, it was really hard. I think it was already hard in the first tour. In the first tour, it was already rough because Kit is the kind of person who would just write and write and write and would always be churning out new stuff and testing out new stuff. And for me as a singer-songwriter, I, I take a, kind of a long time and my process is different. Like I don't, I'm really bad at doing a lot of drafts. I'm usually like, this is really bad of me, but I like sit and I I like mull over this. And when it comes out, like I, I want it to be good even before anybody hears it. So it takes me a long time. And some of that um, made me a little bit jealous too. I think, you know, I think on my end, um, I was sort of mad at him at like being so creative, you know, and he just was so open he just wanted to write with me and I was so resistant to that I was just like no like this is my art and you do your art right Uh like you you know and I think and a lot of that also has to do with um the nature of like activism and the queer community as well because um we were visiting these pockets of LGBT communities where in a way like being a lesbian, which is what I identify as, is sort of like passe and like over, right? Like a lot of people really wanted to focus like on like, hey, we're interested at this like trans trans guy. We want to hear about the trans experience, mm-hmm. you know, which is great and wonderful and super valuable. I think um, for me as like an egotistical 23 year old, I was sort of less like, oh, like people care more about him. And, you know, so I think I think that sort of fed into like my resistance to like, 
right with him at that time. Yeah. Um, when, we, when we brought Ashley on, like, we um, didn't write a lot together. A lot of it was, like, Kit and I would write together, and then Ashley would just be sort of, like, on the side, and, you know, she would just play and try things out, but mm-hmm. she wasn't really writing with us. And, and, and in a way, I think that brought a lot of tension, too, and, and sort of jealousy on her part, sort of feeling like a third wheel in a lot of ways. So how, how do you feel now, now that you've had some time to reflect on it, now that you guys are back together? Um, I feel really grateful for having that experience. Mm. I, I really f- encourage sort of everybody to go on a road trip, um, whether or not alone or with a friend. I think... I think um, there's something magical to to do that and not even as a tourist. So, you know, we were there sort of with a purpose, but um, but I feel like with the goal of like being open to experiences and meeting people, I, I was just, you know, before I came here, I was talking to Kit and I was like, hey, do you remember all these things that happened? And like, what what do you remember? And, and I, I remember like he, he had gotten a haircut from a woman in her house in Tucson. And I was like, how did you meet her? And he was like, Oh, I was standing in line at a cafe and I saw a barista with a f- cool haircut. And I was like, where'd you get that haircut? And she's like, oh, it's my friend. Here's her house address. <laughs> just go there. She'll do it for you. And we just drove there. And we ended up like sitting in her living room and she gave him a haircut like, right <laughs> then and there. And, um, and, and I think like that's not something you do every day. And that's not something that like you really can do unless you like, I don't know, until you like take the time to like meet people and just try things and, you know, and just be brave. And I think, um, that's, yeah. So I think thinking back on it, just being able to do that at that time was, was really great. Yeah. Wow. With all, all these connections, these separate, um, I guess really, um, initial friendships, do you feel like you trust humanity more or would you be open or more willing to travel alone? Yes, I actually definitely think so. I, I do think, like I said before, I do think that it was all mostly like people that we already knew, you know, not we already knew in terms of like personally, but in terms of like just the community, like people that we trust, like I don't necessarily think that it would be wise to like just roll up into like like a straight bar like in the middle of nowhere and try to like ask for some place to stay <laughs> from like some dude like I don't think like we should do that <laughs> necessarily but um but I think in terms of like how I feel about humanities like yeah I think like people are really warm and open um like I said before and um I remember being I remember being in, uh, oh, when we were in Canada, that was one thing. So we had reached out to people in Vancouver and um, there was this uh, gentleman named Don Montgomery and he sort of um, is part of, he, he was sort of in charge of like running like the Asian Pacific Islander Heritage Month. So the, the Asian Heritage Month um, festivities like in Vancouver and also like surrounding suburbs and he got so excited about us like we were actually kind of surprised like he was just so excited he was like oh my god you guys have to come and you can stay in my house that or like this house that we're not using and um, and they 
put us like on the poster and they like it was it's like a really huge event too and then we were like on tv that we in canada and he just put us in the richmond community or richmond cultural center which is where we performed and what was interesting was i don't think people knew what our act was like we were we were kind of like I mean, we were really unabashedly like queer and his his poems were like like really some of them were like really, really graphic <laughs> and you know and we were just in this Richmond Cultural Center and there were just like old Asian ladies and like their families <laughs> just came because they're like oh like good Asian drivers maybe it's like some dance thing I don't know they, I don't know what they thought it was they're like maybe it's a you know comedy so they came and then I don't think they knew what they were getting into but we performed and Don was like that was fantastic I'm so glad you guys are here we like played in the Vancouver Museum so yeah I think just um just also for me being kind of sheltered a little bit even from Boston and like I, I always had this feeling that was like, oh, like older Asian Americans don't get me, right? They, they don't get the queer thing. They're like super homophobic, you know, just from like my own experience. But but um, that's not the case. You know, there were lots, plenty of like straight Asian Americans who were older, who like welcomed us so mm. warmly. And Dawn was one of those people. Um, this woman named Pat Rubin and her husband, Jack, like hosted us in Evanston, which is uh, outside of Chicago. And she, you know, let us stay in her guest house and was really really warm and we had lunch with their family and mm. so so i think people like people really made this trip amazing for us and life-changing for us thank you thank you so much for just yeah. sharing all of this and and two things uh, in terms of the musical what is the name of it and i need some dates around it okay so. the name of the musical is interstate Interstate. Mm-hmm. Interstate. And we've been working on it for four and a half years now. We don't have any dates because we're still workshopping. So we just had a private reading. Um, but the website is interstatemusical.com. Um, and we will definitely let you guys know when there's an open like workshop next time. For Absolutely. Come. We can oh, link it to you. this episode so that people can see it. That would be really cool. Yeah. That would be really, really cool. And also the the album you shared. What what is the name of it? And is it can we find it on SoundCloud? Oh, it's called Drive Away Home by Good Asian Drivers. You can find it on iTunes. You can download it on okay. iTunes. Um, and I have a copy here for Ray and you. Um, but yeah, you can find it on iTunes. Thank you very much for that. You're welcome. So with that, um, we'll end this episode. And I'd like to thank you formally again. For coming out and sharing your story is an amazing journey throughout the United States. 24 weeks or two years in total. You got a lot of uh, stories to share with that. You had a lot of like just relationship stuff that you worked out, yes. you know. So it, it was amazing. Thank you. Yes. Thank you for having me. So from my heart to yours, we're going to sign off. Peace. Peace. <laughs> Can we can we get some can we get some singing at the end of this? Is this possible? Can you just just live it for us? No. Yeah. Good Asian drivers. I mean, no. I can sing. Can you sing official tissue? Official tissue. Yeah. Official tissue. <laughs> it's, it's not a song. It's it's our official name. Official tissue. Official tissue. Ooh. So much tissue. So much tissue. Ha, 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 ha.
Oh stop. man. Alright, cut. Let's stop. Cut, stop cut. right there. What is it? <laughs>